0: This is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I give you all the praise and all the the longing for you, and the the exaltation and the glory, Lord. All that is within me, I bless your holy name. You are good, and you are kind, and you crown us with your chesed, your loving kindness, your tender mercy, your goodness. Lord, that's what follows us, is your goodness and your mercy all the days of our lives. And Lord, I, I just ask you by the power of our teacher, the Holy Spirit, Enlighten the eyes of our heart to know the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in us? And what is the surpassing greatness of your power through us when we believe you? Cause us to see as you do see. We open our hearts to our teacher, the Holy Spirit. We ask you to forgive us that we have not risen up and walked in the dominion that Jesus Christ handed us. You hold the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and you've given us the keys of the kingdom, Lord. I just ask you that after this six-week study, we will never be the same, myself included. And I thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to pray. I want to pray where I don't know how to pray, Lord. I just pray for all of the bereaved in Uvalde, Lord. May the comforter overshadow them in incomprehensible ways. And I ask you, Lord, and I know this is a miracle that they will not lose their power. And after they are healed, they will turn. And the very thing the enemy Used against them, you will use for good. That they will have mantles of advocacy, however you choose, Lord. And for this nation, Lord, forgive us. Forgive your people because we have not interceded. We have not stayed at the throne of grace on behalf of this nation. Turn our hearts, Lord, to face you in boldness and in power that this nation would turn back to you, and that the pledge our forefathers made, the constitution of this nation would stand without division, one nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. In the name, the name, the name, the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Well, good morning again. So happy to see you. And obviously, people are going to still be coming in. And again, I just do want to say, I don't think we have a lot of books left, but these are only $5. And those of you who are watching online, you can get online and order them. And if you live out of state, I've had people asking me, then the office will help you know how to get it. The number is 210 4020565. Four zero two zero five six five. There's a lot of study that went into this, and a lot of deep questions. You know, I can't stand surface questions. When when you do a Bible study, and it, and uh, like say, let's just say you read Ephesians four twenty three, and the question will be, what does Ephesians four twenty three say? <laughs> the Bible says to be a doer of the word, yes. Yes. and so I want to help you be a doer, not just a hearer. And it is so good to see some faces I haven't seen in a long time. My goodness, I love you. So we're going to begin our journey into authority, power, and dominion. And before we really get into the dominion and power and and authority part, we're going to change our clothes today. How many of you know that we are all wearing spiritual garments? Every one of us. I had an incident after the passing of my dear father, which was about nine and a half years ago, and uh, a relative called me and just began to attack me. I mean, it was like, what? And I don't know. I know some of you, because I know you personally, that you have been bereaved, and I know it's so painful. It's a very tender and a vulnerable time. And because of that, emotions are very what? High, right? And so you, you might say things you didn't mean. You might do things you don't want to do. Everybody processes their, their sadness in a different way. And so this person called me and just began to attack me. And, and I honestly, I wanted to, wanted to laugh because I went, what on earth are you talking about? But one thing I've learned is it's not ever usually about me or not ever usually about you. It's really about something going on in that person that they're trying to process and just don't know how. And I try to keep that perspective because it helps you not counter attack. And so such was the case on this particular day. And all of a sudden, the Lord opened my eyes and I could see in that invisible realm. And I saw on her a coat of rejection. And this person dresses impeccably. You know, sometimes we wear things to cover up the pain we have inside. Pam and I were friends. Where did Pam go? Oh, hi, Pam. (laughs) Why did you change seats? That is not allowed. Just messes me up. Um, But we, we had a friend many years ago whose son was, killed, senselessly killed, by his brother. It was, they were playing war games. And the brother didn't know. Now, I don't think you should let children play with a gun, whether it's loaded or not. This was a real rifle. It was not a plastic target or Nerf. Although I tell you, when my grandchildren shoot me with the Nerf gun, I think they're very painful. I don't know whoever got the idea that they weren't. (laughs) So, I fall into threatening them if you dare shoot that at Mimi one more time. <laughs> so, he, they didn't know there was a loaded gun in the, um, a bullet in the chamber. I don't really know anything about guns, but however it works. And so they're playing these war games. The younger son, eight years old, is running. He shoots him, hits him in the jugular vein, and he dies. And so, they didn't even have money for a funeral. So, I don't pay I don't know if you remember this, so we took up money and uh, gave it to her. And before I knew it, she had gone out and bought herself a pair of diamond earrings for the funeral. Do you remember that? Now, you know, we could get all judgmental and find fault and how dare you and and all those things. But you know what? She was trying to mend the grief and the shock. And the whole story did not have a good ending of what happened to this family following this. So, back to the passing of my father. So I saw very clearly a coat of rejection, and I stopped. And, you know, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And so in a very soft and gentle voice, I said, Dear, this is not about me. You are wearing a coat of rejection, and you need to take off that coat. That's not who you are. And she got very quiet, and then she began to sob and say, I have felt rejection all of my life. We wear spiritual clothes. Before you can rise up in authority, power, and dominion, we're going to have to strip ourselves of some of the things we've been wearing and wear what the Bible tells us that our real clothes are. And so I want you to join me in that. Before I gave my heart to Christ, I was a V-I-C-T-I-M. Now, Rick likes to quote, um, what is that psychologist? Um, Dr. Phil. (laughs) Because Dr. Phil says the first time you're a victim, after that you're a volunteer. And so I'm going to show you how to turn the table on the enemy today. And go from that victim mindset, and I know many of us have experienced tragedies, maybe not like the tragedy in Uvalde. That was so horrific. I, I can't even talk about it. Sunday morning, Cindy and I were standing in the, the lobby, and a woman walks in, and Cindy said, I haven't seen you. How are you? And the woman falls into her arms sobbing, and, and one of her loved ones was murdered, in Uvalde, a child, a beautiful child, showed us the picture, beautiful child, broken. And with everything in me, I mean, the Bible says weep with those who weep, and I did. I wept. But then, then the warrior came out in me and the lion began to roar. And I'm saying to you today, get your roar back. And I say, you're going to turn the table on the devil after your, your period of mourning. Did you know in the Bible they have periods of mourning? For Moses, God gave them 30 days. I don't know what your period is. I mean, my personal opinion is, Lord, that was way too short. But I don't make the call. And after your period or your season of mourning, we all have to let the Lord turn our mourning into dancing. Turn the table. I looked at her. I said, turn the table on the enemy. Don't lose your power. When your season is up, and I'm going to tell you a story at the end of how somebody that should be the most bitter, unforgiving, resentful person used what the enemy meant against her for good. So let's begin. I wore ugly clothes. Until I gave my heart to Jesus Christ at age 20. I wore coats, clothes of rejection, of fear, horrible fear, panic, anxiety, insecurity, inferiority. Does it sound familiar to anybody? What am I doing here? Who am I? I was unwanted, excluded, a beggar, ugly. In short, the enemy's banner over me was diminished, And when you wear that coat of feeling diminished, you look for love in all the wrong places. I think that is one of the most prophetic songs ever written. Remember it? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in so many faces. And I don't remember the rest of the words, but I'm going to play that when I get home. Today, the tide is going to turn. Today, if you will allow it. Something happened when I was 20 years old when I began to read the Word of God, and I actually brought the good old book with me today because I'm going to actually read to you from the real Bible. And I looked at myself like a mirror in this book, and I saw myself written in the pages. I saw who I am, and I saw who I am not. Because who I am not is who the enemy said I was. And he will pervert you and dysfunction you and speak lies to you until he can get you to put on the clothes called victim. And whether your coat is rejection, insecurity, inferiority, anger, fear, whatever it is, bitterness, I'm telling you, it roots in rejection. How do I know that? Because you can go back to the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. It was a woman you gave me. It was the serpent who beguiled me. What is that? That's victim talk. I couldn't help it. How many of you remember Flip Wilson? Anybody remember Flip Wilson? (laughs) Remember his famous saying? And it was always funny. Oh, we laughed. He'd say, the devil made me do it. Well, the truth is the devil can't make you do anything. You have to choose. He handed her the fruit of lies. She ate it. And she gave it to her husband who listened to the whole thing and just decided that he would choose bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, the first narcissist (laughs) over Father God. Well, he wasn't created as a narcissist, but obviously a problem came in. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, All of us, say all, All with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transformed into His very own image. When? When you behold in the Word of God... When you behold in the word of God, when you use the word of God as your mirror, he created man in his image, male and female. He created them in his image. And wherever being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, I believe in wholeness. I want to be well, not just healed. I want to be well. Don't you want to be well? There's a big difference. Because if we keep praying to be healed, we have to go from sickness to sickness to sickness to sickness. So we can always get, be getting healed. It's probably very, very, very wrong grammar. I don't want to be healed. I want to be whole. I want to be well. I want to be well in my spirit and well in my mind and my will and my emotions and my body. I want to live a life of wellness. And with all my being, I pray for every one of us that at the end of this six weeks, we will do that. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our guilt. If you're guilty today, he took the bruise for your guilt and for our generational iniquities and the punishment for our peace fell upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed and made whole. You can go look it up in the Hebrew. You can take Matthew 8:17, 1 Peter 2:24, look it up in the Greek. You will find that that word healed is the word for wholeness. It is not just the word for I'm going from sickness to sickness. I just read you that the mirror says we're to go from glory to glory. It's time to rise up. Take off those clothes of infirmity. I believe in the power of decree. Psalm 81:10 says this, open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will do it. Now you'll see the words that you speak. So shall it be. Now, hopefully you received this paper when we walked in next week. We're going to have this and another one on the screen. We're going to decree it every week. I want you to say it with me. I say this every day. And I want you to say it with no buts. But look what happened to my family. But, 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 but the doctor said, but. There are no buts in God. There's no buts. His word is truth. He is the yes and the amen. So let's say this together with a loud voice, lift it up. I printed it out for you so that you could do it every day. I did the work. Well, actually, the people that helped me did the work, but but I brought it. (laughs) Ready? Go. Today, I decree that I live and walk in all the healing promises of God in the Bible. I will not allow these promises to be stolen from me through fear and unbelief. I rebuke and reject all sickness and disease. I command every sickness, pain, and disease to leave my body now in the name of Jesus. I command my body to function in perfect health the way the Lord created it to function. I speak life over my mind and body. I declare that my organs, bones, muscles, blood, and immune systems all operate correctly. I decree that I shall live long, strong, and in health on this earth. In the name of Jesus, I decree that healing is mine today and every day. Amen. Amen. Now, in your own time, you say it like you mean it. And so, when the the Holy Spirit gave me direction last summer to write this Bible study, I knew it was time to redress. In fact, I even got online, and I thought, I wonder if there's a redress.com. And I didn't find one. I found a reddress.com, but that was for clothes. (laughs) I want you to ask the Lord today, do you wear a victim garment, a garment of I'm not worthy, I just have to to work right, do right. I have to earn it. I don't deserve it. Settle it today. You don't deserve it. That's what grace is. You do deserve hell. That's what mercy is. Mercy is I don't get what I deserve. Grace is I don't, I do get what I don't deserve. Mercy and grace. Praise the Lord for that. So settle the why question. This is the first thing we have to do today. You have to settle the why question. Why, God, why? Why did that happen? Why did this happen? Why is this happening? Why, God, why, why, why? Why is the wrong question? Jesus already answered why. John ten ten. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Whenever you see stealing, and remember that word kill does not mean murder. It means slaughter, sacrifice. The thief comes to wear you down so that you will sacrifice the promise of God so that you will say, well, maybe I didn't hear him or God's a liar or he didn't give me this promise. Abraham waited 20 years, people. David was anointed as king. It was 14 years before he became king. I mean, let's get with the program here. The Apostle Paul, Saul, was anointed on the road to Damascus. But he went away for three years to the school of the Holy Spirit to be renewed. Now, I don't think most of us set ourselves apart, and nobody hears from you for three years because you are so set apart, learning about Jesus. But, oh, but we're dot-com people. I mean, if we don't get it, You know, swipe, my husband will say, honey, we need this. And I mean, within 30 seconds, I go, okay. Now, he doesn't know how to order anything. Okay, he always says, my people do that. But he'll look at me, he'll go, you, you, you already ordered And I went, yeah. You know, it says swipe. And unfortunately, we try to translate that into the spirit realm not going to happen. If my granddaughter Abigail's with me, I mean, I'm a slow texter. Let me tell you, I get gray texting. And if she's with me, I hand her my phone, and I just dictate it to her. And, the, you know, the funny part is she gets it down before I speak it. Because, you know, the younger people, they're fast. Everything's in the palm of your hand, but not so in the spirit realm. God says, I change not. Revelation 12, 12 and 13. Therefore, be glad, O heavens, and you that dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth, and and see. For the devil has come down to you in fierce anger because he knows he has only a short time left. There's your why. The devil has come down in fierce anger. He knows he has a short time left. And when the dragon, that's the devil, saw that he was cast down to the earth out of heaven, what happened? He went in pursuit of the woman who had given birth to the male child. Who is that? Christians, the church. So there's your why. We have an enemy. And until we learn to rise up in our authority, power, and dominion, it's going to keep happening. Now, Sandy, are you saying we're not going to have trials? Absolutely we will. But here's the good news. Jesus said, in the world, you have trials and tribulations. He says you do. But isn't the the next part interesting? But be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world. Look up that word overcoming. You know what it means? It means in the Greek to deprive of power. Be of good cheer. I have deprived the world the power to harm you. In our second session, which is honestly one of my favorite things, because we, we uh, you know, I'll share a short Devo for 15 minutes and then we have a 15 minute testimony. And we're going to have people up here who share uh, testimonies of victory. Yes, they had tribulation. Yes, they had trials, but be of good cheer. And as I said at the end of today, I'm going to share a testimony with you. I just think it's going to encourage you so, so, so greatly. So, settle the why question. Let the warrior in you awaken and roar. Did you know, listen to me, there is a genius living in you? If you've given your heart to Christ, there is a genius living in you. So where does all the confusion come from? It comes from the why, God, why. That's where it comes from. Let me tell you what the right question is. Where do I go from here, and what do you want me to do? That is your route out of the wilderness. Where do I go from here, and what do you want me to do? I want to define victim for you. One that is injured, destroyed, or sacrificed under any various condition. One subjected to oppression, hardship, or mistreatment. One that is called acted on. And usually adversely affected by a force or agent. How many of you have ever been affected adversely by a force or agent? Every single person in here. Why? The thief comes to steal, to slaughter and destroy. He wants to victimize you. Remember the man at the pool of Bethesda in John 5 who had been a victim for 38 years? And Jesus comes to him and asks him one question Do you want to be well? He didn't even say, Do you want to be healed? He didn't even say, Do you want to walk again? He just said, Do you want to be well? And the victim mentality, but I don't have anybody. Every time I try to get in the water, somebody goes ahead of me. And if you saw The Chosen, I've shared this many times. It was my favorite scene in the whole series of The Chosen that's been out so far. And Jesus looks at the man. Now, this is in the movie. But I I just really think this is what happened. He looks at the man and he says, you don't need them. You only need me. We're all looking for someone. Oh, if they'll just prophesy over me. Oh, if this'll just if, 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 if this'll just happen, I'll be okay. No, you won't. You might be okay on the outside, but true wellness comes from in here. It comes from in here. So We're going to start redressing for a few minutes, and I hope you'll take these scriptures and that you will read them. I speak these over myself all the time. Let's start with Zechariah 3, 1 through 7. Joshua, the high priest, is standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan is standing at Joshua's right hand to accuse him. What's changed? Not a thing. Revelation 12, the accuser of our brethren has been cast down, who accuses them before God day and night. Listen, don't think he's going to shut up. He won't. One great man of God who's now with the Lord, all the people that ministered with him, and he had a ministry that spanned over 60 years. And one day they said to him, "You never I've never heard you say anything bad about anybody. I bet you even have something good to say about the devil. And he thought for a minute, and then he goes, well, he is a persistent cuss. right okay so joshua's here and the angel of the lord is there and right at his right hand the adversary has come to accuse him and the lord said to satan the lord rebuke you O satan even the lord who now and habitually chooses jerusalem rebuke you now look at verse three now joshua was clothed with filthy garments and he was standing before the angel of the lord You see, he had on victim clothes. Why? Because the adversary is accusing him, telling him how rotten, how worthless, how sinful, how dirty, how unclean, how unworthy, how undeserving he is. I mean, and folks, this is the high priest here. (laughs) And the Lord spoke to those who stood before him, saying, take away those filthy garments. And he said to Joshua, behold... I have caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. What does that rich apparel look like? Well, I'm going to show you in a minute. And Zechariah, the prophet said, let them put a clean turban on his head. What are those, his thoughts? All of those accusing thoughts. Take off his filthy garments. Put on, you thoughts. And, and the angel stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested and affirmed to Joshua saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you will rule my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you access to my presence and places to walk among those who stand here. Who was standing there? Not only his friends, but the angels. So the first thing the Lord did was remove the filthy garments from the high priest. Give him new thoughts and charge him to walk away from the accusations that were coming against him. And those accusations, that same voice is here today, telling you you are what you are not. He'll never tell you who you really are. You'll have to get that from your mirror. So let's talk about the clothes for a minute, then I'm going to tell you the story. Ecclesiastes 9.8. Let your garments be always white and let your head or your thoughts not lack the oil of gladness. I love that. Let your garments be white. That stands for purity. Not filth. Not accusation. Not how bad you are. Not the labels people have put on you. Not the bad diagnosis. I have people come to me and go... I'm, and they'll tell me the bad diagnosis and they relate to it. I'm telling you by the grace of God Almighty, I will not do that. I'm not saying there's never been a bad diagnosis. I'm not saying anything like that, but I'm saying I will not. I will not, I will not, I will not. Let that become my label. just won't do it. Well, this runs in my family. Well, guess what? It stopped in Jesus Christ. I don't care what runs in my family. I want health to run in my family. I want a sound mind to run in my family. I want the grace of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the power of God to run in my family. Oh, but Sandy, my children, you just don't know about my children. Well, I know what the Word says. The Word says your children will return from the land of the enemy and there is hope for your future. Do not refuse to identify, oh, my fibromyalgia, my arthritis. Well, if you want it, keep it. I will never call a disease mine. When people come to me and go, will you pray over my my cancer, my heart disease? I go, well, not if it's yours. But if you want to unlabel yourself, yes. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm not saying it's not a fact. But are you going to keep it? Will you keep it? Because you have a legal right to be well. You have a legal right to have a sound mind. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus. And Jesus Christ canceled out every legal violation against me. I'm going to tell you something in a minute that is going to absolutely touch your sacred cow. Luke 24, 49, behold, I will send forth upon you what my father has promised, but remain in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Clothed with power, clothed with a white garment, clothed with purity. Romans 13, 14, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Make no provision for the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires. What do what those evil cravings look like? They look like jealousy. They look like envy. They look like covetousness. They look like lust. They look like greed. They look like comparison, competition, self-ambition and selfishness. That's what some of the things they look like. Is that really what you want to look like? No, no. Not me. I don't want to look like that. Listen, we still hide behind fig leaves. Some of them are designer labels. And hey, I like designer things. Bring it on. But that's not going to be what I identify with. It will not. You can hide behind your fancy cars and your beautiful homes and your, all those things. But they're not going to satisfy your soul. And I think it's great to have nice things. Don't misunderstand me. As long as they don't have you. And that's just the bottom line. As long as we don't think we're better than anybody else. Because guess what? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Years and years and years ago. I, I mean, I lived. Our first home was very, very tiny. It was a 1,300 square foot. A little bit over 1,300 square feet. And uh, we lived there for a long time. Because we just... We, we hate debt. I mean, we just do. And uh, we've always, always, always lived beneath our means. We just, that's just our conviction. It's just who we are. I'm not saying you should do that. But that was our, our faith working. And so um, I have a friend, very, very, very dear friend, very, very wealthy, lives in the, you know, the really nice part of town. Drives a really nice car. Wears a really big diamond. <laughs> but she is, she's a humble, beautiful, beautiful soul. And so she and I met at a Bible study, and, and we've been friends now for, oh, gee. Uh. Kelly, how old are you? Where's my daughter? How old are you? Forty-five. Okay, so... <laughs> Wait Well, I'm trying to figure out how old my children are, 45, 43, 30. Okay, for, for 38 years. We've been friends for 38 years. We, we met uh, when I was pregnant with my thirdborn. And, um, well, see, the problem is I think that's how old I am. So that's how I have to remember how old you are. <laughs> and so, at any rate, so one year, she had never been to my home. One year, she calling me and she goes I want to bring a Christmas present to you and I was oh no she is not coming to my house I mean no way she won't love me anymore and so I made up some stupid brainless excuse and I said I'll meet you someplace and I did well that very Christmas we came home on Christmas night Now, back in those days we were not the parents you know how you do your parents are the parents and then your parents might go to heaven, and then you become the parent. You know the routine, right? And uh, so, so my parents were the parents, and we were there until like nine thirty that night on Christmas Day. And we get home, and our driveway is frozen. I mean, it is frozen like glass. And Randy said, "You stay in the car. Something's going on." And it was cold. It was very cold. It was. I don't think this has happened since then, but but it was in nineteen eighty three. And we had three consecutive weeks of below freezing. It never got above freezing for three consecutive weeks. I don't know how many of you remember that. It was brutal. I mean, those of you from the north, what is wrong with you? (laughs) It was just brutal. And so he comes back out and he says, Sandy, there's been a flood. Well, apparently one of the pipes outside of the master bedroom burst." And the spewed water all over the house all day long. And finally, our next-door neighbor saw water running down our driveway. And, and he went to the main whatever thing it, it is and turned off the main water deal. And our friends from church all came over that night. And by then, it was 11, 12 o'clock. And carried everything, including our Christmas tree, in the backyard And ripped out, we had carpet at the time, ripped out the carpet because we were concerned about water wicking up the walls and destroying the whole house, for that matter. And I remember sitting on my sofa, what was left of it. I remember sitting on my sofa. I was pregnant with Courtney, and Kelly was 7, and Katie was 5. And I'm sitting on the sofa... And I start to speak the word, and I said, I have a building made without hands, whose architect is God. The Lord is my refuge, He is my habitation. I make you my habitation. No evil befalls me, no plague comes near me. I'm speaking the word of God, and all of a sudden, I hear myself making an excuse to my friend, and I realized I was wearing garments of shame. And at that moment, I stripped off those garments. And when the baby, when Courtney was born, which was the following August, she called me again. She said, I'd like to come over and bring a present. I said, please, yes, come over. And she walked into my house, and she was glamorous. I mean, I still remember what she had on. She just looked absolutely glamorous. Beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous woman to this day. And she walks in my house, and she lifts up her head like this, and she says, this home is an oasis. And I realized at that moment, it's the presence that you carry. Not the beautiful or unbeautiful home you live in. It's the presence that you carry. We are here to learn to carry the presence, the fragrance of Jesus. Your 1,300, 1,000 square foot home, apartment, 600 square foot apartment, whatever you live in, your garage can be as full of the glory of God as a king's palace. It's what you're carrying on the inside. Clothe yourself with Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for our sake, that we might be endued with the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.27, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have... Clothe yourself with Christ. Colossians 3, 9, 10, and 12 through 14. Do not lie to one another. You've stripped off the old garments with its evil practices, and you clothe yourself with the new spiritual self. Get rid of stinking thinking. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, by putting on behavior marked by tenderhearted pity and mercy and kindness and a lowly feeling, opinion, excuse me, of yourselves and gentle ways and patience, which is tireless, and be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if you have a difference or a grievance against another, pardon each other as the Lord has pardoned you. And above all these things, put on love. Put on love. How many of you put on clothes this morning? You have to put on your spiritual garments. They are more real than anything you could possibly pull out of your closet. And I've told the story many times in the final quest that Rick Joyner wrote, which was a panoramic allegory of spiritual things. And this man walked with an eagle on his shoulder, and the eagle was his prophet. And angels would surround him. And he was given this drab burlap garment. And he hated it. It was ugly. But when he, he wore the burlap, the angels would bow before him. And he asked the eagle, why I'm wearing such an ugly garment? And the eagle said, because those are the garments of humility. And when you put them on, the angels are able to serve you. Ephesians 4 Strip yourselves of your former nature, which characterized the way you used to live, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. One day, I was a young woman. I was 20, I was pregnant with Kelly, so I was 22 at the time. I had her two days after I turned 23, so she stole my birthday. Not really. She was the first best thing that ever happened to me. Next to Jesus. And, But I was tormented in my mind. I was tormented in my mind. And I was crying out to the Lord. I was such a young Christian. Lord, help me. God, help my mind. My mind. My mind. My mind. I need a new linen garment on my mind. And this lady, and I know she was an angel. I know she was. I never saw her again. And after that, she was gone. Looks over at me, turns her head. And said to me, these words I'll never forget. Did you know you can ask the Lord for a new mind? And I said, what? And she said, it's in the Bible. And it was Ephesians 4, 23. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. And the Lord began to heal my mind. And put on the new nature created in God's image. 1 Peter 3:3. don't let your adorning be merely external with knotting your hair and wearing jewelry and changing your clothes, but let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart, which is incorruptible and unfading with a gentle and peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but very precious in the sight of God. Those are to be our garments. And that's just some of them. Did you know, now here's the sacred cow, Brace yourself. You know, we're all praying for breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Did you know that the word breakthrough is not found in the New Testament one time? There is not a Greek word for breakthrough. That is an old covenant word. You know why? Because Jesus is our breakthrough. Breakthrough happened at Calvary. And in the book of Colossians, the apostle Paul said, that the Lord Jesus disarmed the enemy of power. He made a public display of him, and he openly triumphed over him. He paraded him through hell. He shamed the devil right in front of all of his demons, and he broke through death, hell, and the grave. And here's the problem with all of us. We are not living in the full victory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, where sin has no dominion over us. I'm not telling you you're not going to be attacked. We already know the devil has great wrath and he's come down. He's made war on the saints and on the whole world for that matter. But we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And I shared, and I've had so many texts and messages after at our last meeting in, uh, on May, what was it, May 10th or whatever, and where I talked about a man with a PhD in laughter. Has cancer patients laugh for 90 seconds, fake laugh. <laughs> 90 seconds, try it. Because your brain doesn't know it's fake. And it will ignite your serotonin levels and your dopamine. And it's better than any pill with no side effects except good ones. It's time to wake up. The Lord is bringing us good tidings. I'm speaking to you prophetically now. Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. That is not a Christmas verse. It's a Bible verse. He's bringing us good tidings of great joy. Behold and fear not. Behold and fear not. Behold and fear not. We are entering a season, unprecedented season, as dark as the world is right now. And the Lord spoke to me yesterday and he said, you are leaving a no more season and you are entering a much more season. How much more? Will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness rule and reign in life as kings through the Lord Jesus Christ? Romans 5.17. In Isaiah 51.22, I probably read this scripture more than I read anything. But listen, we have got to release our brains from religious toxicity. God is not Pharaoh. He is not a taskmaster. The Father does not have a whip ready to beat you the minute you do something wrong. The blood of Jesus has a voice, and the voice says, forgive them. The voice says, mercy. It's time to stop being a victim. Our breakthrough has already come through Jesus Christ. Now, Isaiah 51 I read this very often thus says the lord who pleads the cause of his people behold i've taken out of your hand the cup of staggering the cup of my wrath you will drink no more why because jesus took the wrath of god and i will put it into the hands of your tormentors and oppressors who's who are the tormentors and oppressors the one who has victimized you I will put it in the hands of your tormentors and oppressors who said to you, bow down so that we can ride and tread over you, and you have made your back like the ground for them to walk on. You see, the voice of the enemy gives you the diagnosis and says, lay down, I'm going to walk on you. And you say, okay. The voice of the media Says, lie down so we can walk over you, and you say, okay. The voice of your bank statement says, lie down so that we can walk over you, and you say, okay. The voice of rejection says, lie down. Nobody loves you, everybody hates you. You're ugly, you're not worthy. You're insufficient. You are diminished. Look at you. Just look at you. I had a lady coming into my house. And I want to tell you, I couldn't look at her. This person had so much plastic surgery. And hey, I, there's, if you want to have plastic surgery, praise God, have it. I was looking in, in the mirror. I was uh, at my hairdressers. And, and I did this. I just reached up to my cheek and I said, look at that. Doesn't that look good? I said, I just wish I could take a safety pin and just. When Joyce Meyer had a facelift, she asked the Lord, can I have a facelift? And he said, your face. Now, I'm not going to do that just because I hate surgery. I don't ever want a scalpel coming near me again. But I'm just telling you that voice, you're old, you're ugly, look at you. I keep wanting to cut my hair short again because I look at pictures of me with short hair and I, and I tell Abigail and, and her boyfriend and Warda, look how young I look with short hair. And they go, it's because you were young. <laughs> I just love young people, don't you? Just love young people. So what is secure? You've made your back like the ground for the enemy to walk on. Isaiah 52, 1 through 3. Awake, awake, put on. Here's your clothes. Your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. For hence more there shall no more come into you. The uncircumcised and the unclean. There's your no more. Who's the uncircumcised and unclean? The enemy. Bringing you unclean thoughts. Telling you you're not worthy. God's not going to keep his word. You know, I'm not worried about God not keeping his word. I'm more concerned about me not keeping his word. Shake yourself from the dust. What's dust in the scripture? What was man made out of? Uh Uh-huh. Shake yourself from your flesh. Sit erect in a dignified place. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter. You were sold for nothing. You'll be redeemed without money. What were you redeemed with? The blood of Jesus. Come on. It's time to put on new clothes. How do you do that? By faith. By looking at the mirror, this, and saying, this is how I look. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I walk in the love of God. I give mercy. I have a renewed mind. I am who God says I am. I can do what he says I can do. Isaiah 40:26 lift up your eyes and see who has created these. He brings out the host by number. He calls them by name through the greatness of his mind. And because he's strong in power, not one is missing or lacks anything. And this is what got me because the Lord gave me this when I was really questioning God about some things. And I said, Lord, I just really need an answer. And I literally, I was going to someplace in the Bible, and I literally looked down, and it was open. You know, it was one of those Christian roulette things, but I'm telling you, God was speaking to me. Listen to this, except I'm going to put my name in it. Verse 27, why, Sandy, do you say, my way and lot are hidden from the Lord, and my right is passed over without regard from my God? That's what I was doing. Lord, you don't even see me. Lord, you're not even hearing me. Lord, you really don't care. That's what we do. And here's God's answer Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even young people shall faint and be weary, and young men shall feebly stumble and fall. But those who wait for, expect, look for, and hope in the Lord shall change and renew their strength. They will lift up their wings and mount up like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And not now for your story. I I just, I don't know how this cannot change your life. I was privileged to go to a fundraiser several years ago for abused women. I think I told the story. Maybe it shows in some years ago. And I sat there. I was almost at the front. And I personally heard this woman. Her name is Melissa Dome. Hill, you can look her up on Facebook, or you—oh, not Facebook. Well, you can, but, you know, what do you call that thing? The internet. And uh, so she had broken up with a toxic boyfriend. And one night he called her and he said, can I just see you one more time? I just want to say goodbye. And she said she had a check in her spirit. Don't disobey the check. But she did it anyway. Because she felt sorry for him. He comes to the door. She go. her mother's in the house. She goes outside. She doesn't invite him in. And he said, I just want to say goodbye and thank you. And he said, can I just hug you? Just one last time. This was in 2012. And she said, okay. And he hugged her And with a knife. He stabbed her 32 times in the head, the face, the neck, the chest. 32 times and left her there for dead. Her mother found her the first responders came. She was bleeding to death. The attack caused her entire blood volume to be replaced twice resulting in her having in her flatlining four times and suffering a stroke in the emergency room. The doctor, the ER doctor working on her, said to himself, if she's not going to give up, I'm not going to give up. And so he kept working on her. Kept working on her, kept working on her. And I saw pictures. I mean, you can get online and see the pictures. It was pretty bad. (laughs) And the doctors advised her, because of her traumatic brain injury, to take a long break, but she didn't. She returned immediately to college. She did not give up. She was awarded the St. Petersburg College Clearwater Student of the Year and honored as the commencement speaker for her associate's degree. And in May of 2016, she reached her ultimate goal and graduated with honor summa cum laude for her Bachelor of Applied Science in Business Management and Organizational Leadership. She has been featured. In People Magazine, 48 Hours, Inside Edition, Good Morning America, to the Today Show, BBC News, Fox News, CNN, Nancy Grace, Investigator Discovery, and many more. How many of you have ever seen any of those shows? You know what she is now? She is an advocate against domestic violence, and she goes all over the United States sharing her testimony. And this is how the person that the Lord meant or the devil meant to be a victim turned the table on the enemy. And she quoted but personalized a Mexican proverb. They thought to bury me but they didn't know I was a seed. And she said, my abuser thought to bury me, but he didn't know I was a seed. The diagnosis thought to bury you, but it didn't know you are a seed. The report thought to bury you, but it didn't know you are a seed. Your oppressor thought to bury you, but it didn't know you are a seed, Will you be a seed? Jesus told Peter, the enemy has requested, demanded, not requested, but demanded permission to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fell not, and after you have turned, go strengthen your brethren. Whatever you've been through, whatever you're going through, whatever you will go through, just know the thief means to bury you, but he doesn't know you are a seed. I stand here and I look at Vita's buried two children, stronger than ever. You know why? Because the devil wanted to bury her, but he didn't know she's a seed. And now she harvests many young women and she mothers the mothers. Turn the table. Rise up. Strip off those garments, and next week we're going to talk about authority. Authority and putting on and holding the scepter of authority over the works of darkness. I want to close with one final thing. I promise you I'm done. You can tell I'm passionate about this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how many of you know who they are? And you know, Nebuchadnezzar commanded that the fire be turned up 10 times hotter. And people misread this passage. If you read it in context, in Daniel 3, Remember, that the decree was, well, anybody that doesn't bow down and worship the king has to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said no. And here's what they said, verse 17 of chapter 3. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. and they weren't saying if as, oh, I hope he can. They were using it as a declaration that God would deliver them. And they said, Well, if our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us, he is, from the burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, in other words, he's going to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but he might not deliver us from your hand. But if he does not, let it be known to you, we still won't serve you. You know why? Because they were not victims. They were not victims. You can either be a victim or a victor, but you can't be both. Your choice. I choose to not be a victim. Back in 2020, uh, was it 2020? Yeah, 2020. It was July of 2020. And uh, that's when the original SARS-CoV-19. And I was around a lot of people with it. And Randy and I both started having symptoms. And you know what? Neither of us told a soul. Not a soul. Despite the fact that my children are calling me a liar, we did quarantine. In those days, it was 14 days. Now it's five days. And tomorrow it'll be one day. I mean, what can I say? Because some people, whom I will not even mention, somebody needs to admit that this is not a science yet. And so we didn't tell anybody. You know why? Because I refused. And and it was at that time that the devil was trying to kill Pam. And I sat in my chair with the same virus. And you've heard the testimony. I just let the Lord know because I will not be a victim. And I said, just want you to know, she's been with me from day one. You take her, I quit. I did. And that afternoon, she started to recover. So apparently... I'm not done, and neither are you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, grace us, Lord, to strip off those victim garments, whatever they look like, the oppression, the affliction, the bad reports. Strip them off. Lord, we say we disidentify with every lying voice, and we identify with the resurrection power. We are of good cheer. Whatever we're going through, you have overcome it. You have deprived it of power to harm us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.